The podcast world is growing bigger every day and Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future faves. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and we're adding cool new features every day. Go to your app store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow the Killer Instincts podcast once you're there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's. If you are new here, hello, my name is Savannah Brimer. This is my podcast where we talk all things true crime. So this case that we are talking about today is one that I have actually, I've never covered a case like this on my podcast or on my channel, and it's one that was ruled an accidental death, but I think as we go through it and as I kind of walk you through the entirety of what happened and the facts that we have, or for a better word, the lack thereof, I think you'll really start to see that there is a lot more to this than just an accidental death. For today's case, we are talking about Tamala Horsford. Tamala was born on October 10th in 1978 in Cumming, Georgia. She was described by everyone that she knew as someone who was just so full of life and love and she had a husband and she was a mother to five boys as well as having a stepdaughter and unfortunately all of that was taken from her when she was only 40 years old. And this case, you guys, it gets very confusing because like I just mentioned, we really don't have a lot of solid facts and like evidence and a lot of core information that we can trust. And you'll see what I mean as we continue on in this. And there's not a lot of answers and there's a lot of things that are up in the air. So I'm going to do my best to walk you through. First, I'm going to walk you through vaguely what happened. Then we're going to go into a 911 call and I'm going to kind of walk you through in detail about this. 911 call and then we are going to talk more in detail about the police report and what the people who were with Tamla the night that she had passed away said happened. I normally don't give you guys a preface as to how I'm going to map out the case for you but I just think in this one it's a little more confusing or can be so I'm going to try to make it as clear as possible. So on November 3rd, 2018, so yes, you heard that right, 2018, this was just a couple months ago, you guys, Tamla went to a girls' night sleepover in a town called Forsyth County, Georgia, but she never made it home. So this particular night, Tamla went over to a girls' night sleepover, and this girls' night sleepover was a football mom's sleepover. So I'm assuming that by that meaning, all of these moms had sons who played football. And when I first was looking into this, I was a little bit confused because I know that like adults, don't get me wrong, like have sleepovers, it's whatever, but I know that when it comes to being an adult because these women were ranging in ages 40 to 60 so what are you really doing at an adult sleepover i know women have girls nights and they go out and it's fun but when i was looking more into it apparently it was one of these women's birthdays and they didn't want to go out to the club they didn't want to go too crazy so they decided to kind of have a night and have some drinks play cards against humanity and that was about it 
So we're going to dive into a territory today that I've never really covered on my channel, but when reading through this case, it's pretty impossible to go through it without talking about this. And that is the fact that this night, this sleepover, there was eight women in the house, seven women, including Tamala. And Tamala was the only African-American woman who was present at the sleepover. All the other women there were white. And I know none of the cases in the past that I've covered have really talked about or had anything to do with race. However, I think when doing my research on this one, it was really important to talk about it because Forsyth County, Georgia is actually really well known for having heavy racism in that county. So, I mean, it's not something that doesn't exist. It exists every day, everywhere. But I think in this case in particular that we're talking about today, it shouldn't go unnoticed. So even though this was supposed to be a women's only sleepover, so to speak, there actually was not only women there. So there was eight women, including Tamla, and three other men ended up showing up that night. One of them was the boyfriend of the woman who was hosting these girls over. It definitely feels weird saying girls because they're not girls, but Jose Barrera was the boyfriend of the woman who was having this sleepover. And I know that this is a little weird. This is also something very different in this case that hasn't happened in the cases I've covered in the past. I was unable to find the names of these women. I was unable to find them. I was able to find the name of the boyfriend. However, I was unable to find the names of the women. And I think that has to do with the fact when I looked more into it, because trust me, I tried to find them. These women are doing a very, very, very good job as to keeping their identities under wraps. So when I'm talking about them, I'm just going to be kind of referring to them as these women or the women who had the house or things like that. So I'll try to make it as clear as I can as we continue. So Jose Barrera, like I said, was the boyfriend of the woman whose house it was. And he was one of the men who showed up that night along with two others. And there are pictures of Tamala at this sleepover. And what's crazy is all the faces of the women are blurred. There is not one face that is shown. So when I tell you that these women are keeping their identities under wraps, I'm not kidding because I was unable to see any of their faces and find any of their names. And so Tamala's face is the only one that is shown in these pictures. And I mean, a lot of people think that that has a lot to do with the race thing too. A lot of people are saying that if it was eight black girls, none of their faces would be blurred. That could very well be true. I don't know, but that was something that I wanted to point out because I read it a lot when I was doing my research. But in the pictures that I saw, Tamala is seen smiling and seems to be enjoying herself, seems to be having a good time. Everyone seemed to be drinking and just kind of, you know, letting loose, like having a kind of a night away from their kids, I guess, is the best way to describe it. But unfortunately, that all changed the next morning when Tamala was found on November 4th, 2018, face down in the backyard. So like I said in the beginning, there really is no solid, this is what happened. I'm gonna give you the different versions that I have heard. And one of those was that the two most consistent times that kept popping up were 7.30 in the morning and nine o'clock in the morning. And I read an article that said that the homeowner's aunt was the one who found Tamala in the backyard early that morning, but the police weren't called until nine o'clock that morning. So the aunt saw her at 7.30 that morning, but the police didn't get called until nine o'clock that morning. So that I think is very odd because I read that she walked downstairs, the aunt walked downstairs, which is where 
she saw Tamala looking out of the basement window. She saw Tamala lying down when she looked out of the basement window. And she said that she said a quick prayer and then ran to go find Jose. I also read a different article that said that Tamala's face was brutally beaten when she was found. And I will explain in a little bit why that report makes no sense because like I said I'll explain in a little bit. I then read a couple reports that said that because it was daylight savings time like this was the defense that these women and the people in this house had to why these times could have been switched up a little bit the 7 30 and the 9 o'clock a.m. I heard so I read this report that said that because it was daylight savings time and the clocks hadn't been switched properly they wouldn't be able to they didn't get the time right essentially and the weird thing is is that you know this happened a couple months ago you guys like we're in 2018 2019 and if you have a cell phone like an iphone i don't know if android does it but the time changes automatically like you don't have to do anything like the time changes automatically on a cell phone and i find it hard to believe that out of the 10 people that were there that night not one of them had a phone that electronically and automatically switched the times for you so i personally do not think that the daylight savings time defense is valid at all and then the last report that I had found was someone who was at the house that this all happened at and said that she walked outside, saw Tamala laying face down on the ground, and this woman thought she was sleeping. She thought she was like sleeping face down on the ground outside in November. Like what? I'm just, that makes no sense to me. And when she realized that Tamala was not sleeping, she got extremely worried and went inside to wake up the other people in the house. Police were called and arrived at the house around 9.07 that morning, and everyone in the house was sticking to the story that, you know, she must have gotten too drunk and just fallen off the balcony and unfortunately passed away. Tamla's blood alcohol level was tested, and it was a 0.23, and it was also found that she had a Xanax and THC in her system. So we'll get into the jumble of stories that everyone has later, but the one thing that everyone seemed to be able to agree upon, though, was the fact that Tamala was the only smoker in this house, and she was such a heavy smoker, and she always went outside to smoke, and no one else smoked but Tamala, and, like, like it was just something to point out, like, whenever they could. It was crazy. And... And a lot of people said that the last time they saw Tamla was when she said that she was going to go outside to the deck to smoke. And the women in the house also said that she was the last person awake. So Tamla told everyone that she was going to go out to the deck to have a cigarette and everyone went to bed at that point is kind of what the initial story was. The only visible injuries on Tamala when she was found were a broken wrist, cuts on her shins, and then the internal injuries that she had were a broken neck, a subdural hematoma, and a torn heart muscle. And the deck at the house that she was staying at was about 16 feet from the ground. Medical examiners said that her injuries are pretty consistent with a fall off of the deck so, I mean, that kind of counts for something, I guess. She very well could have just fallen off the deck, but I just, I don't think so. Like, I really, really, really don't think so. Here is what I find very suspicious in all of this, and let me know what you guys think about this, because, so the medical examiner established Tamla's death to be at about 1.30 a.m. on November 4th, 2018. 
And the house at the sleepover was at had alarms on all the doors. And when going back and looking through the alarms, the alarms show that the back door to the deck was opened at 1.49 a.m. and closed at 1.50 a.m. And then it was opened again at 1.57 a.m. and remained open until the next morning when Tamala's body was discovered. So if you do the math, if everyone in that house claims that the last time they saw Tamla was when she went out to smoke on the balcony and they didn't see her till the next morning, first of all, there's 10 people in this house, 10. Someone's gotta hear something. Like she's fallen off a 16 foot balcony, if this is the story that's true. She falls off a 16 foot balcony, no one hears a thing. She just falls in nothing, like no one hears anything. Secondly, the more obvious one here, the time of death was 1.30 in the morning. So Tamala could not have been the one to open and close that door at 1.49 and again at 1.57. It makes no sense to me at all. And this is just kind of like the beginning of the unraveling and the weird inconsistencies that are about to come up in this 911 call that we're about to talk about. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Do you ever fantasize about who you'd be if you lived somewhere different? Maybe you'd surf if you lived by the beach, or maybe if you lived in the city, you would live above a coffee shop and finally be able to write that novel you've always dreamed of. Or if you had a dishwasher, maybe you'd actually be able to start cooking and make a proper dinner at home. With over 1 million available units for rent on Apartments.com, the you abilities are endless. Apartments.com lets you narrow down exactly what you want and when you want it. And with their instant alert, you'll never miss out on seeing what could be your new perfect place. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place to live, whether that's an apartment, a townhome, or even a house, and they can help you find exactly what it is that you're looking for. Visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. All right, you guys, welcome back. So let's just kind of talk and walk through this 911 call that was made the morning that Tamala's body was found. So the 911 call was initially made at around 9 o'clock in the morning, like I said, and it was the woman whose home it was who initially made this call. So the woman makes the call, and when the operator picks up, the woman said that she needed the police and an ambulance to her house. She continued to tell the operator that she had people over the night prior and they were drinking and she said, quote unquote, most of us went to bed, but one of them stayed on the balcony. To refer to Tamala as them, like one of them, like, I don't know. It was just kind of like, really, like one of them, like, I don't know. It's just a little thing that kind of bugs me. This woman continues to say that she guesses that she fell off the balcony. So she's already kind of making up the story of what she thinks happened, kind of planting that seed, if you will. And this 911 call, you guys, you can look it up online. You will find it on YouTube, I'm pretty sure, or Google. And and I definitely think you should because I'm very curious to see your opinions on it. But basically, this woman continues to say that, like I said, she guesses that she fell off the balcony and here's the thing, like, she's stumbling over her words, but her demeanor, her tone of voice, and her 
way of speaking about such a traumatic thing that is happening is almost like bone chilling because she is so calm like way too calm to have just discovered one of her friends dead in her backyard like way too calm you guys she continues to say that she's stiff so she doesn't she never uses tamala's name that is one thing to know she never uses tamala's name she just refers to her in like pronouns so she said that she's stiff and when the operator asked and when the operator asked if she was breathing the woman said i don't know she's face down and that whole thing is weird to me because yes there's obviously like there could potentially be injuries if tamla was still alive and if she broke her back or her neck like you never want to move someone like that because if you do then it can result in paralysis and things like that but like why wouldn't you check for a pulse like i just there's so many things that drive me absolutely mad in this and that is one of them why would you not check for a pulse you say that she's stiff why wouldn't you check for a pulse? And it was right about this time that the woman hands the phone over to her boyfriend, Jose Barrera. And Jose gets on the phone and it's so crazy because he literally just sounds like he's picking up the phone with one of his friends. He just goes, hey, like this is Jose Barrera totally just kind of not really putting into context what's going on. Jose then told the operator on the 911 call that she's not moving, she's not breathing, she's completely face down in the backyard, and that she's very stiff. Jose then said that he didn't know if there was any blood, which is also just a little bit weird because if he knew she wasn't breathing and was able to get close enough to see that, like, you would see if there's blood. Obviously, there could be blood coming out of her nose, and if she's face down, that's different, or from her mouth. But if there's any obvious signs of blood, then you would you would see that. But he said that he wasn't able to get close enough to her to see if there was any blood or not. And throughout the call, like I said, Jose is just cool, calm, and collected. But he did seem like there was like background noise, like someone was trying to talk to him while he was on the phone with the 911 operator. And he kind of would flip-flop on his stories a little bit. There would be one second where he would say that she was 100% not breathing and she was completely deceased. And then the next one, he would say that, you know, we believe she's deceased or we think that she's deceased. And it's like, well, how do you not know? Like, is it one or the other? And if you're unsure, how are you not acting with more urgency? Because if you think about it, like, put yourself in this situation. You walk outside your backyard and one of your friends is laying face down on the ground, not moving, not breathing, you're going to panic. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, you are going to panic. There's no way that you are going to be so calm and just so relaxed. And, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And there also is something to be said because during this entire phone call, and this goes back to the lack of urgency, not once did Jose nor his girlfriend ask if the paramedics were coming or ask where the police are, like who's coming, you know? Because when you're on a, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to never have to make a phone call like this, but I can only imagine, you know, when you're on a phone call like this, you know, you're kind of like, where's the police? Where's the ambulance? Like they need to get here sooner. And they didn't ask those questions at all. And this operator, you guys, if you go back and look at this 911 call, was completely out of it. 
she was just asking way too I, when i was reading the comments on the 911 operator there were so many good points you know she asked if tamala was suicidal she asked if she had ever self-harmed she asked if she was depressed she asked all these little detailed questions that you know a 911 operator doesn't need to know the 911 operator doesn't need to know the reason for why everyone was drinking inside instead of going out that night and doesn't need to know all of these little tidbits of information that she was getting it was a little odd and jose was giving the 911 operator a lot of detail like i said was talking about why they were having people over why they were drinking inside and when talking about what could have possibly happened he said and i quote she was the last one i saw before everybody i mean everybody was put off to bed she was the last one in the kitchen either waiting around for a ride or waiting till the morning you guys do you not like he literally i feel like he just told on himself like i feel like he just kind of unleashed the biggest clue this throws the story into an entirely different direction because if you remember the story prior it was she went out to have a cigarette we all went to bed we didn't see her till the next morning now jose's in the picture saying she was in the kitchen i saw her in the kitchen before i went to bed she was the last one awake she was in the kitchen she was waiting to get picked up waiting for a ride now could she have gone out to have a cigarette after she was in the kitchen yes but when I started to think about it, because I was like, why in the world would she be waiting for a ride? You know, like this is a slumber party. This is a sleepover. The whole point of it is that you sleep over. And, you know, Tamla didn't seem like she was going home that night. You know, she brought over a bottle of tequila, was super social, super like energetic and bubbly and wanted to hang out with everyone that night. And when I was thinking more about it, it kind of a light bulb kind of went off in a sense and this is just a theory you know this could i could be totally totally off base here but what if there was an argument or a disagreement that made tamala uncomfortable or at least uncomfortable enough to want to leave the house you know like wanted to get out didn't want to be there anymore and and this could potentially bring the race card back into it maybe she did feel uncomfortable she was the only black woman she was the only black woman in a house with seven other white women and maybe there was an argument maybe there was a disagreement maybe one of the other men made her uncomfortable clearly according to jose he saw her in the kitchen jose then proceeds to tell the 911 caller which yes like i said i know it literally is so unbelievable how long this conversation goes for that there were cameras in the back that would have caught what happened and that he can check them but then get this this part threw me over the edge four of the people by the time that jose was on the phone with the 911 operator were no longer there they had left they had left the house and at first i was about to lose it when i read this because i was like are you kidding me like you wake up you see this woman she's passed away in the backyard and you leave and apparently and apparently it was four women who left earlier that night um earlier meaning kind of like the early hours of the morning and that still kind of brings me back though to if tamala's time of death was 1 30 in the morning and if these women left in the really early 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 hours of the morning someone has to see her 
Jose on this phone call was actually very, very good at kind of diverting questions to kind of steer away from the ones he didn't want to answer. Like when asked about what the exact time was that those women left, he would kind of steer the question away and be like, well, the last time I saw her was right before I went to bed. And it's like, well, no one asked you that. She, you were asked what time the other women left and you can't answer that. Jose did say, though, that he went to bed at around 1 o'clock a.m. that morning, and that is very close. That is a 30-minute time frame from when Tamla's time of death was. The police showed up to the house at about 9.08 a.m., and I wanted to point out something that I think was super weird, so weird, and I don't know if this is a protocol thing, I don't know what this is, but typically I would think when someone is dead or pronounced dead or suspected to be dead, you're calling the paramedics, you're calling the ambulance, you're calling the people whose job it is to save lives and to make those big calls. You're not going to trust the man on the phone who you've never met who says, I think she's dead, but then on the other hand says, I believe she's dead. You're going to get those paramedics to that house to make that call. And the paramedics were never called, even though you guys, even though when the woman called 911 initially, she said, I need an ambulance and I need police and paramedics were never sent to the house. That bothers me so much because it just makes me think like maybe like what if the off chance that they could have done something, you know, like what if they could have helped? Like what if what if she what if they could have done something, you know, like what if I, maybe they couldn't have maybe it was too late, but maybe they could have. In this case, you guys got zero coverage at all. No media coverage, barely any internet coverage, nothing at all. And as of February 20th, 2019, you guys, literally about two months ago, this case was declared as a closed case. And Tamala's death was ruled an accident due to acute alcohol intoxication and her fall from the balcony. Now I'm going to walk you through the police report really quickly. And this police report was taken from the officer who first arrived on the scene. And he said that when he walked into the backyard, he saw Tamala laying face down and that she did look deceased. Again, the word looked just drives me absolutely crazy because it's just not, it's not, you know, it's just, it's looked like it's not, she was, it was, she looked and I don't know. So the police report said that when talking to the homeowner, she said that people showed up to her house that night at around 7 o'clock p.m. and Tamala showed up to the house at around 8 o'clock p.m. So that's about an hour window. And when Tamala arrived, she arrived with a bottle of tequila and according to the homeowner, no one else really liked tequila, I guess. So she was the only one drinking it that night. And at about midnight, everyone started playing Cards Against Humanity before going to bed. So that includes the three men. So it's now the 10 of them playing Cards against humanity. According to the homeowner, she said that Tamala wasn't ready to go to bed at about midnight when the game kind of died down. She even FaceTimed her husband and her kids because she wanted everyone to meet her family. And it was mentioned several times that Tamala was the only person who smoked. Like I said, in the police report and on the 911 call, it was mentioned several times that she was the only one who smoked. Like no one else smoked. She's the only one who smoked. And let's roll back around now to the cameras that Jose said that his girlfriend had. So basically, when the police got there to talk about the cameras, they discovered that Jose's girlfriend didn't update the batteries properly, so there was no video footage because, of course, it just has to work out like that. 
So this police report states that one of the women from the party was the first to see Tamala when she went outside to check the temperature. A lot of people had their eyebrows raised at the fact that this woman went outside to check the temperature. A lot of people think that this was just a cover-up, like saying that she's going outside to check the temperature is just a cover-up for being able to say that's how they found her that morning. Because let's just break it down this way. Why did she need to go outside so early in the morning to check the temperature? First of all, it's November, so it's not going to be super warm. You can pretty much bet on that. Second of all, it's a little earlier in the morning, so it's always a little bit colder. So, I mean, I know for me, I've stuck my hand out the window to see how cold and how hot it is, but I mean, I've never really like fully gone outside, but I guess some people might. Basically though, just kind of long story short, a lot of people thought that the entire way that the people in the house were acting and the way that they were talking and kind of how they were dealing with this whole situation was because that they knew Tamla was already dead before they found, before they quote unquote found her that morning. And this was all, like I said, just a cover up. And that's why there was no urgency. That's why they didn't ask for the paramedics to be coming quicker. And that's why they were taking their time in everything that they were doing that morning. So from all the comments on the articles and videos that I've watched, mostly everyone or the overall consensus on this is that this was a complete cover-up. Like I said, the county that they were in was a heavily racial community and people think that this is a joint effort between the police and the people at the party that night. And having Tamla being the only black person that has really just been very kind of, that's where the spotlight has been on this case is that that is why this is not getting a lot of coverage. That's why the police have covered this up. That's why the people from the party that night have been kind of sealing their identities. And a lot of people, you guys, even think that the 911 operator was in on it too because of how odd her behavior was when she was going through that phone call and the fact that she didn't call the paramedics and the fact that she was just kind of like moseying her way along throughout that phone call. Clearly, something went wrong that night. And in my personal opinion, like I've said and stated before, this was not an accident or at least this was not something that Tamala inflicted upon herself. I really, really don't believe that. It makes absolutely no sense to me in my mind how there would be no paramedics called. The alarm on the door went off 20 minutes after the medical examiner declared Tamala's time of death, yet no one sees her. No one sees her until the next morning. And the complete lack of urgency in getting her help once they did find her is sickening. I just don't think that this was, oh, she just fell off the balcony and that's what happened. No shot, in my opinion. And at this point, you guys, Tamla's family just want answers. They still have not been given the autopsy results and have just been completely left in the dark throughout this entire process. And the case is closed, you guys. This case is closed. And that is so upsetting to me just because I, I don't feel right about that at all. Tamla does have a GoFundMe page. I'm going to put it on my Instagram and on my Twitter. So if you follow me there, it's just at Savannah Brimer. Um, definitely go check it out if you want to. And like I said, this death I do not think was accidental. I don't see it. And I want to know what you guys think happened 100%. Alrighty, you guys, that is going to be it from me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, make sure you go and hit those follow buttons. That way you never miss an episode. And with that being said, I will see you all next week, hopefully, and stay safe.